0: Happy Friday, Northern Nevada. Welcome to NSN Daily. Alex Margulies, Chris Murray, and Brian Samudio here with you as you uh, wrap up the week. Uh, guys, uh, we're looking at a weekend, but a weekend that's kind of like none other than we've seen uh, ever. Um, what are the plans? I mean, we can get outside. You can still go out to a park. You can still go for a walk, go for a hike. You guys have any plans? Alex, what do you have?
1: Yeah, I think the, the sun is out now, and there's been a ton of snow. So I've been really looking forward to getting out and going snowshoeing. So I plan to go up to uh, Mount Rose Highway. There's a, a spot called Chickadee Ridge, uh, nice. for those of you who've never heard of it. Uh, you can look it up online. It's pretty easy to find out and kind of park at the end of Mount Rose Highway before, kind of after the meadows. I imagine there'll be some people sledding out there, hopefully keeping some some social distancing uh, between the sleds. But I figured it'd be nice to get out and get a little hike, maybe uh, feed the birdies and, and just get outside for a little bit.
0: Yeah, Chris, that was one thing I saw a report out of Houston, Texas, is that they've about this massive park in downtown. People are still out riding their bikes and going for a walk, I mean, not in large groups. It's maybe two at a time or people walking by themselves. But uh, you, you got a hike plan for this weekend?
2: Yeah, we're certainly going to go out. I think we're going to start with the dog park and you try and keep our distance from the other people who will be out there and then maybe get a picnic in. I mean, we obviously don't want to be uh, homebound for the entire weekend, for the entire upcoming week. So we are going to try and get out there a little bit, but we're going to be sensible about it. We're going to follow whatever guidelines the CDC and our, you know, state law officials are telling us to to do. I mean, nobody's told us that we have to stay in house. So uh, yeah, we're going to plan on getting out there. I think it's healthy just to be able to go out and get some fresh air, to be able to, uh, you know, kind of get a different viewpoint after being cooped up in the house for the last week. But uh, you know, just be smart about it. Don't be like these people out uh, in spring break in Florida who are all partying on the beach and going to bring whatever they have back to their respective cities. So uh, yeah, I, I would suggest everybody to you know, at least get out there and get some fresh air, whether it's just in your own backyard or somewhere, uh, you know, hopefully it's warm enough. We can play some tennis and tennis courts that we have in our community and uh, just be safe and smart about it. Two
0: things on what you just said, Chris. One, people social distance from you guys at the dog park because you have 170 pound Saint <laughs> a 170-pound St. Bernard. It's built like a Clydesdale. Beautiful dog, but it's a large animal. I know what it's like to go to a dog park with a large dog. And two, yeah, the video I'm seeing on social media of the the kid, and I shouldn't say kid, he's 21, but he's it's a kid, and he's going, if I get corona, I get corona. <laughs> it's just so irresponsible. I don't remember being that, I don't want to say stupid, but irresponsible. I think all of us probably were at one time, but uh, you know, we didn't run into something something like this. Uh, there is stuff to talk about, guys. Uh, you talked about getting outside. I'm, I've been told by Mike Mazzaferi, who's the director of golf up at uh, Sierra Sage, that Local golf courses are still going to be open once the once the sun the uh, the sun melts all of our snow that we've got right now. He told me he plans on opening on Saturday, but they are going to be very limited, keeping people apart from each other. But I'd love to go out and get in nine right now, Alex. I know you're chomping at the bit for something like that. If you have to skip skiing and go directly to golf. <laughs>
1: hey, look, you know me. I just love being outside doing different stuff, and I'm not exclusive to. The skiing and the winter sports, and, and if the golf courses are going to operate and they can figure out a way to do it responsibly and safely, I think that's awesome. And I was thinking about it. We talked about this on yesterday's show about golf, and, and you know, it, it's not exactly an essential business, and they're telling all non-essential businesses to close. Um, so I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but I imagine they could operate in a way where really you're going to go, and and maybe if you're going to walk the course especially, you're not going to touch even a golf court that you could go walk a golf course and keep yourself uh separated from other people and 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 play by yourself or, or play uh you know with your significant other or however you're going to do it so I'm not really sure how they're going to set this up to do it within accordance of of you know what the governor's telling us we're supposed to do and what like Chris said you know the CDC and all that stuff but if they can figure out a way that kind of f- uh, follows within those guidelines and, and makes it uh, safe. I think it's another great outlet for people to go do and a, a good mental and, and physical release for people.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I think if you and I were both walking the course, it wouldn't matter because we usually are yelling at each other from across the fairway because one of us is over here, <laughs> one of us is over there. So it doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, there is some NFL for agent news to talk about, guys, and the L.A. Rams, who I mean, you're talking Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and now they've cut loose the 2017 Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, they, they released Todd Gurley. Um, I mean, we know that the knee wasn't 100%, but uh, they're able to make this move and save a ton of money, Chris, on the salary cap.
2: I mean, this is just a result of signing Jared Goff to a huge deal, trading and uh, signing Jalen Ramsey to a huge deal. And uh, it has just been a huge free fall. I mean, halfway through that 2017 season, maybe three-quarters of the way three, he looked like the – MVP of the league and then something did happen with that knee didn't play much in the playoffs had no impact on that Super Bowl and just hasn't been the same player since and I think this is why you see a lot of these teams not paying running backs I mean Ezekiel Elliott was able to go out there and get a deal but it's never smart to pay a running back because the shelf life of these guys is just too short I mean he signed a gigantic deal less than a couple of years ago and now just being straight up cut which shows you that he had no value in a trade I mean certainly they were trying to shop him and at least get something back from him rather than just release him. So it uh, also shows you how small a window can be in the NFL. I mean, the Rams seem set up for a long time. They had a young running back, a, run, a young quarterback, uh, a genius head coach in Sean McVay and was just in the Super Bowl uh, you know, two years ago. And then all of a sudden, don't make the playoffs last year. The team's already fallen apart. So you really do have to capitalize when you do have your window open. And it just shows what the Patriots were able to do over the last two decades was so special because it is very, very rare to be able to have even a five year window where you're capable of winning Super Bowls. They had a 20 year window. So uh, it really does shut really quickly on you. And, you know, it's kind of unfortunate for, for Gurley because uh, he had such a devastating knee injury at Georgia in college and, uh, you know, was able to, you know, start really, really strong to his career. But, um, you know, it seems like the best years are already behind him and he hasn't even hit, you know, 27, 28 years old.
0: Yeah, that was a record deal of uh, forty uh, four years, sixty million dollars. Forty five million of that was uh, was guaranteed. Alex, I mean, the shelf life of running backs—it seems like before thirty years old—and you can get them in the fourth and fifth rounds. Sometimes they're a bargain late in late in the draft. Sometimes.
1: Well, look at what the San Francisco 49ers did this year, and they decided they were going to. They're not really concerned about getting one guy that's going to be the consistent a uh, high-paid person, the high-paid star guy, and, and they it, you didn't know who San Francisco was going to trot out there on a given day. And I think you might see a lot more teams do that. And I think that was more of a unique situation that it worked with San Francisco where they were able to figure out how to kind of cohesively do that without it imploding. Uh, but it definitely shows just how tough it is for a running back to have an extended career and for them to make an extended career a career of making money in the nfl where guaranteed contracts aren't much of a thing and and he's going to lose out on a lot of money And i can't imagine another team that's going to go pick him up is going to pay him even close to what he was supposed to get from the rams
0: uh the other rams move that was made uh clay matthews released you're talking about a six-time pro bowler everybody remembers him with the green bay packers comes over to the rams and you know, he has he suffers a broken jaw this one didn't really surprise me as much alex
1: no, I think his best days are behind him. There's no doubt about that. But he's still, you know, one of the more iconic players in the league, just as a face recognition and a name recognition. Uh, so in L.A., uh, you know, there might be some fans that are upset by this. But I think when you're just talking about football moves purely, I think it makes a lot of sense. And and you wonder what the Rams now, you know, you talked about Jared Goff, Chris, but, you know, what is their kind of vision? How are they going to be a team to get back to where they were two years ago at a super bowl level. I'm not sure that they've got the pieces or the makings to be able
2: to do that. I think it's going to be an uphill climb for sure.
0: Chris, your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I think that was the mistake giving Jared Goff a record setting deal, making him the highest played uh, player in the NFL. um, That was the mistake right there. I mean, he is a solid quarterback, but I don't think he's a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. And you gave him so much money that you've had to make these decisions since then. To really pare down your roster and I think with Sean McVay's offense they probably could have plugged in a number of quarterbacks into that offense and they would have been really really good you saw in the Super Bowl I mean he didn't show up at all and to be able to go out there and give him this record-breaking deal after that was just a little bit head-scratching um and I do think you know that in the NFL you need that quarterback on the rookie deal that's why it's gonna be interesting to see like can the Chiefs keep this up now that they're gonna have to pay Patrick Mahomes probably 35, $40 million a year. I mean, it's going to be very difficult when you are giving a certain player 20%, 30% of your salary cap. Um, But Jared Goff was not Patrick Mahomes. This was a guy that you could have replaced. You could have drafted another young quarterback, and he probably could have replicated the kind of impact that uh, Jared Goff had. So, um, you know, I think that was the big mistake, and these are the dominoes that have fallen after it, is that they've had to cut some really quality players. Uh, to fit him in under the salary cap after giving him so much money.
0: Yeah, both of these guys are going to play somewhere else in the near future. I mean, if you are, Gurley, $45 million in guarantees, I'd walk away and buy an island somewhere. But if you got the hunger and you're healthy enough and you still want to play football, uh, I can see why you want to do it. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, we continue to celebrate and remember that run by Nevada basketball to the Sweet 16. Former assistant coach Anthony Ruto, a good friend of ours, will join the show coming up next. Welcome back into NSN Daily. We continue over this week and a couple of weeks without the NCAA tournament to, to celebrate. And remember, two years ago, it was Josh Hall hitting that shot against Cincinnati that culminated a 22-point comeback and vaulted Nevada into the Sweet 16. Alex and I, like I've said, we can talk about this all the time, but why not talk with someone who actually was a part of this, Anthony Rudo, former Nevada assistant, now with the Arkansas Razorbacks and Eric Musselman. Ruda, when I, when I bring up this moment, I mean, what does that do for you? It has to bring back just absolutely incredible memories.
3: I mean, it just, it just gives me such goosebumps because it was such a remarkable moment. And just everything that happened, it's like, you know, being down 22 points and the comeback was just so incredible. And, you know, the game ended and, and we just didn't know. Like, did we really just win that basketball
1: Ruta, did you at point – let me ask this question a little bit differently. When people ask you, like, how did you do this? Mm -hmm. You came back down 22 points, and I know this team was known for that. You did it against Texas the game prior, the amazing comeback against New Mexico. There were so many games where you guys were able to come from behind. But under this kind of stage, uh, NCAA tournament, 22 points, a two seed, like how do you tell people the way you did this?
3: Well, Alex, I think you hit the nail on the head with the New Mexico game from the year prior. Um, all these guys that, that were on the floor against Cincinnati were either on the floor against New Mexico or part of our program for the New Mexico game. So they kind of knew like what no lead was insurmountable either when we were up or either when we were down. So that was just kind of like the way that, um, you know, kind of was just in our DNA and the way Coach Mussman coached these guys, up thirty, down thirty, he was still going to have that same amount of passion. Um, so, no, we weren't really surprised. Like we had just kind of been there before, but you know, to do it on that stage, it was—it's just remarkable.
0: Anthony, when you look back at that group of guys, I mean, you talk about teams that are special. This is a team like like Nevada's team last year was built to go deep into the dance. You played with six-and-a-half guys. You, played, you had two football players on that team. You were not supposed to do what you did. When you look back at that group of guys and you're 50 or 70 or whatever, what are you going to remember?
3: Um, you know, I think to a man, they were just so special. Like the Martin twins, Caroline, uh, Palace Coaches had this unbelievable spirit and just kind of had a way of uplifting everybody. Kendall Stevens just being an elite shooter, um, Josh Hall just being able to be a plug and place player for us, um, you know, and and Lindsey Drew not having Lindsey Drew there in uniform for us, but his being there and just playing playing for Lindsey, and um, you know, it's just it, it was just like honestly, it sounds a little cliche in coaching, but like to a man, everybody played such a huge role in this and. It didn't matter if we had six-and-a-half guys or five-and-a-half or five or whatever the number was. Um, this was just a special group.
0: Alex, do you want to ask Coach Ruta about that moment there with Josh Hall? Can we re-rack <laughs> that? And I'm sorry to do this to you, Ruta, but that Alex captured that shooting on his phone backing up, and Josh Hall, with, with no regard for human <laughs> life, sets you up and hits you with a shoulder check. Are you still? Do you still, Bruce? I'm sorry to take the question, but that's just—it
3: was a—it no, uncre- was a funny moment. I've have n- never seen that before. I don't even know what I was doing in that moment, but uh, <laughs> that's just raw passion right there. Um, just so excited, and uh, I think everybody was just at a loss right there. Like, <laughs> like it took about two or three days to really like digest what had just happened.
1: Well, people don't actually know, Ruda. That you, you're you're actually a very accomplished amateur football player, mm-hmm. linebacker, right?
3: Oh yeah. You know, I mean Chris Murray uh you know has a clip of the interception around the world, Thanksgiving Day, uh twenty eleven against the Foxboro uh Warriors. So um so Josh, you know, maybe when this basketball stuff is done, um he could be a tight end or a defensive end in the NFL, <laughs> you know, open trial. Maybe uh maybe the Raiders should shoot him a call.
0: Uh, Anthony, I mean, you've had a chance to be Muss's wingman for so long. I mean, this is some, we have some great behind-the-scenes stories that we're not going to share on this show, but there is such a, a great relationship between you and Coach Musselman, uh, and you left Nevada to go with him to Arkansas. Unbelievable opportunity, and anybody who knows you knows it was something you could not turn down. What have you learned? I mean, if you could, you could, you're going to be able to write a book, man. By the time, by the time you're in your mid-30s, you're going to be able to write a book.
3: Yeah, I mean, Coach Musselman, you uh, I've just been so fortunate that we were able to get connected at Arizona State, and, you know, we built this great relationship that, you know, extends so much further than basketball. Um, you know, he's been like a second father figure for me. He's been, you know, a best friend and obviously a mentor on the basketball floor, and, um, you know, it was really hard uh, to leave Nevada because of all the memories and, you close friends and everything that, um, you know, I had made in my time in Reno. But, uh, you know, the opportunity was too good to pass up. And, um, you know, I'm getting a Ph.D. in basketball and life lessons daily from Coach Muss, and, uh, you know, you can never put a price tag on any of that.
1: All right, Anthony, I want to ask you about some of the guys that we had, you had at Nevada that really had an incredible season. Uh, the first is Jalen Harris, somebody that you were a part of bringing in and and, and training and working him during the off season uh but then to see him come out this year and become one of the best players in the mountain west conference how great was it to just watch him develop the way that he did
3: yeah it was it was awesome to be able to watch jalen um you know having him for a year under our belt and um you know he was he tremendous asset uh for us on the scout team and um you know the way my body and mind was set like i watched just as much mountain west basketball this year as a uh, as I had in the past and be able to see Jalen have that breakout year. That was not surprising at all. I mean, he's an incredibly talented player has a high work ethic and can just do so many different things on the basketball floor.
0: And Alex, I would imagine. The, yeah, go ahead. Alex yeah. Nisray, right?
1: well, I was just going to say the other two guys would be with jazz Johnson. And then what Niz was able to do. I mean, he had such a frustrating season last year, never really was able to get it going and, and, Comes back this year, he was the sixth man of, this, of, of the year. Uh, that was amazing.
3: Yeah, I mean, to, to start with Niz, I mean, um, obviously he didn't have the year that he had wanted last year. Um, you know, not the year we anticipated him having. Um, but to be able to see him have such a great breakthrough year this year was, was awesome to see. And, you know, one thing with Niz, like, you know, it's a great testament to him is – he didn't get the minutes that he had wanted or anticipated last year, but that never stopped him from working. He was in the gym at six a.m., nine at night during the season, just really working on his craft. And then, obviously, Jazz uh, being able to jump from that six-man role to be, you know, one of the guys this year was was just huge. Um, you know, you can go throughout college basketball, and you'd be hard pressed to find a better shooter than Jazz Johnson, and just a tougher overall player that's a hundred percent bought in and Um, You know, he's one of those guys where he's not looking for a compliment or something like that. He wants to know, how can I get better at X, Y, and Z? Um, So those guys were just an absolute pleasure to be able to coach.
0: Coach Rita, one last thing before we let you go. Being able to see the story that has become the Martin twins, being able to go to the Charlotte Hornets, Cody gets drafted higher, Caleb's on the team now. They're both having an incredible first season in the NBA. It's cut short, yeah, but for you to be able to be a part of that, and you were a part of their growth, what did that mean to you?
3: It's huge to be able to watch that. Um, and I think, you know, for anybody to say, like, I'm, I'm not surprised by it, you'd be like, yeah, I mean, you've got to be a little surprised, but not really just because of who they are as people, who they are as players. Their work ethic, um, everything they've overcome. Um, you know, it, it, it gives me chills to think that I was just even a little piece of that. But those guys, they deserve everything that's happened to them. And you know, it's funny. Like I had texted Caleb uh, one of his last games. I think he had uh, 18 or 20 points, and I had texted him after the game, like, you know, keep working. So proud of you. Blah blah blah. And he had texted me back, and and basically had said like, Hey, thanks for the text, but. Uh, I got a lot more to accomplish. This is just a beginning. Um, Can't ever lose my chip. And that's just, that's, that's a sum up those guys. Um, They're MO. They're always working, always looking to get better. Former Nevada. And now, uh, oops, hold
1: on before we let coach Rudy go uh, yesterday or earlier this week, when we talked to coach Muss, he said, when we're there for the Nevada, Arkansas football game, party at his house for Wolfpack fans, you know him better than anybody. What should I bring? I mean, is coach must like a carrots and ranch kind of a guy? Like what kind of like, (laughs) crudités or like you know, what's on like Coach Muss's charcuterie plate to, to make him happy if we show up at his house?
3: Okay, I definitely know the answer to this one. <laughs> A lot of buys—that's his favorite drink. Lay's potato chips, not the baked Lay's. He wants—he wants the regular Lay's. Sour gummy worms, and
0: writing all this down.
3: Um, you know, if you can bring those three items, that would be great. And tie—I t- mean, Coach actually told me before I went on. He said if they ask you about the Nevada party. That wasn't me just throwing that out there. Oh, we are having a party. And, you know, to pair up, pair up the Nevada party, that's also now the new Kentucky Derby Day, so make sure you bring a hat for the Derby.
0: Mint, oh, wow. Mint juleps in Fayetteville, Arkansas, baby. <laughs> Let's all go. All day long. Coach Ruda, <laughs> appreciate your time, man. We're so glad that you're doing well back there. Not that we had any doubts at all, but uh, you're learning from one of the best, and uh, best of luck. Thanks very much for your time.
3: No, thanks so much for having me on. And if uh, Julian makes a trip to Fayetteville, uh, he's a local celebrity here. They've seen all the uh, bachelor, oh, wow. bachelor stuff from the GSR.
0: Oh, jeez, <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to change plans. So some travel plans, I think, just got changed. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it, man. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Well, have much it. more coming up on NSN Daily right after this. Welcome back into NSN Daily as we continue to. Uh, kind of uh, social distance we will have we have Chris Murray joining us uh, from the Murray Mansion from the Bad Cave and also joining us former Nevada punter Quentin Conaway from uh, his apartment here in Reno. Uh Quentin, what's what's life been like after hanging up the hanging up the helmet?
4: Uh you know, life was pretty normal until all this uh, stuff started happening. Um, but I was training for Pro Day, uh, I'm working up for the athletic department now. Um, I was just trying to Balance all that without having a full team of dudes to motivate me to get my butt out of bed every morning, I guess
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously with pro day coming up, that's a big big day for these guys who want to make the jump to the NFL, but I assume those are not being held anymore. I guess how are you guys trying to prepare to you know potentially get a chance at the next level, not having that really showcase kind of day if, if players weren't able to go to the NFL combine?
4: Yeah, you know, we were told um to Keep working out and just prepare like rookie minicamp is coming up and just be ready for it. Um, Every NFL team, though, is, like, grounded. Their scouts are just grounded for the time being. Who knows when that's going to happen? You know, so basically tons of people's pro days are being hugely affected. Ours is, for now, postponed. I don't – it's kind of tough, though, because I've been working so hard and, you know, you you prepare for it to be on March 30th, and then you just get – Hit with this, well, who knows when it's going to happen? If it's going to happen, how it's going to look? So, it's it's certainly tough. And I feel re- I have been I've been up here going to school and working. There's a lot of guys around the country that are spending a ton of money, dropping classes to train more and get even more prepared. And I feel really bad for those guys because they're really kind of in this tough situation.
0: Clinton, anybody who doesn't know your story knows that it was a journey to get to Nevada to get to where you were. Um, Up at the bowl game, uh, when some of our people were interviewing you, uh, you you got emotional about this whole experience. What did it mean for you to play at the University of Nevada?
4: It was everything. It was a last-ditch effort. Um, It was uh, a blessing. Um, It was a lot of luck. Um, It was a lot of hard work. Um, it, It was everything I could have asked for. I wish I could have another year. But, you know, even... Speaking of that, it's like hearing about some of these kids get another year of eligibility back from spring and just that's a tough decision to go through even for them. Like I've, I've just been like hypothetically talking if I was offered one, how that would go. Obviously that's not going to happen for football, but um, it'd be so hard to say, yeah, like let's go back, you know, cause all this buildup for your senior year and you know, maybe you're on pace to graduate and you, like my special teams coordinator left, like what if all those things happen? So it's really tough. To even think about that sorry that's kind of a totally different angle but it was it was the best experience i could have asked for for sure
2: and the coach who brought you to nevada i mean coach norvell getting uh you know a five-year contract extension and i know a lot of people have kind of talked about the reason he earned this extension is because of the personality because of how good of a person he is kind of take us behind the scenes into the locker room and kind of what uh coach means to everybody on the team and and why he uh deserved this five-year extension.
4: Oh uh, yeah, you know I think he's more than deserving. We've read all the amazing stories about how he was passed over time after time, and you know the Rooney Rule type deal and all that BS he's gone through. So I think it's a long time coming. I think he's totally deserving. Uh, I personally love Coach Morbell. I think he's an amazing guy. Uh, I think he handles everything being a head coach is so well. I think his wife Kim is amazing. She's super involved. Um, I love him. The guys on the team love him. He's super charismatic. He's super goofy. He's truly—he's a, a player's coach. You know, you walk down the hall and you—you you can say hi, and it's super casual, and it's just a great experience being around him. Um, I talk to him every time I see him about staying involved um, as much as I can, and you know, hopefully, I can do whatever I can to stay as involved as possible because yeah, he's just. He's amazing and more than deserving. Everyone that out there that has any doubts, I see people on Twitter um, just like you do, Chris. I'm sure people on Twitter are coming after him and people all the time, and those people have no idea what they're talking about because he really is an amazing man and football coach, definitely.
0: Quentin, you've provided so many stories for us, so many highlights. I mean, from the barbecue sauce, colored van to uh, Senior Day. Let's go to the video of your Senior Day. And so many people celebrate this as a culmination of a career and, and, and just really embrace. And you got a great ovation. Doug New's shaking his hand there. But you turn and you propose to your girlfriend. Get down on one knee in the middle of Mackey Stadium in front of all these people. And uh, what a moment for you guys, an incredible day. And I'm sure a day that you'll never forget.
4: Yeah, um, senior day was awesome. Um, it was a really, really cool time. There was a lot of buildup to that. Um, you know, we have to like, uh, we spend the night before in a hotel and so I had to take the ring with me and I'm sitting in the movie our team went to um, downtown with this ring in my pocket. It was <laughs> kind of strange. Um, but no, it was an amazing experience. Um, I that hold the whole season. I before that was even really a plan. I had I was looking forward to my senior day, running out in front of the fans, and just shaking Coach Morbell's hand for like the last time, kind of as a player, I guess. Um, of course, there was a bowl game, but yeah, just last time on Mackey, it's like a lot of buildup. Um, I still go out, as I was mentioning, I was training for Pro Day and going out. And training on Mackie, it's it's not the same because you know you're never going to play on it again. Um, it feels almost kind of weird being on it, if I'm being honest, because because of that. Um, it, Senior Day is an amazing thing. Um, I would totally encourage every Wolfpack fan out there to come to Senior Day. Um, I thought that what the basketball team was really cool. What they do is the with Coach Alford uh, letting them talk. I don't know if that's as easy with football when you can have you know 20 possible seniors, um, but. It's senior day is a really cool deal, and uh, to have that thing packed out in future dates would be uh, even better for sure.
2: So, did you run that by Coach Norvell? Did you tell him this is what I want to do right before the biggest game of the year against UNLV, or how did that kind of go about? Uh, you know, before you did make the decision you were going to do that right before the game,
4: um, so I brought it up, um, a couple weeks before. Um, I asked him first because I figure. You kind of have to, um, and he was totally on board. Uh, Miranda, my now fiance, worked for the football team this semester, and she still does. She's does a video and photography work for them, so he knew who she was. They, they all they all know who she is up there. Um, so he was totally on board. And then I had to talk. I talked with uh, Cindy Breeden. Um, she's our uh, receptionist. She works at the front desk and handles the tons of behind the scenes stuff. She really set the whole thing up. You know, she. I knew she would. I knew. She would do an amazing job, but she got everything coordinated. Um, but I, I didn't really tell many teammates. I told a couple of close ones in passing because um, I really, I, I really didn't want it to be about me. Like, I, I, they had me go last for that case. Like, I didn't want to steal any limelight from other fellow seniors or detract from the game. Like, I wanted to do it so I could, like, you know, just show the world like how much I care about Miranda, and I wanted her to be involved in the most important day in my life, probably to that point um but i really didn't want to take away from my teammates so that's why i really I made sure and i told Norvell that um, cuz that wasn't my goal cuz it it's a, it's a flashy moment you could say but you know they deserve that moment just as much as i do so that was kind of my top priority that's why we ended up so, uh having me go last and stuff like that
0: well i think everybody enjoyed the moment and i think every senior got there Day in the sun that day as well. I think everybody enjoyed it. Um, One statistic that a lot of people don't know, and I will always remember this, is that you led Nevada not just in punting, but in average rush, average yards per rush this year because of a fake punt against Fresno State. One rush, 17 yards. Quentin Conaway averaged 17 yards per carry this season, Chris. And he he just got up and walked away. <laughs> Where's he going? Where's he going? Oh,
4: get oh, my oh, game ball. I game think. ball. Game oh, ball. I don't have it yet. I don't have it yet. I have to. I have to call Coach Morbell. I don't have my Fresno State game ball yet. I'm oh. supposed to. Oh, dang it! <laughs> yes, that was the best. That was the peak of my football career. There's just no doubt that was a punter's dream come true, kicker's dream come true. Holy, like I mean, just the the emotional high of. You know, because we had the call, we had it set up, and um, they gave us the formation that we knew we could run it against. And I'm sitting back there, just thinking, "Oh my God, here we go! <laughs> <laughs> and take my two steps, and there's, and you go, and um, and there it is." There's the play.
0: <laughs> we got to let it play out. Tell tell me what's going through yeah. your head right here. What are you looking at?
4: Uh, I saw the formation. I saw it's going to be going. I said we have to run straight up the middle, and then I get to the sticks. I knew where the sticks were. And I guess uh, I, I, I wussed out because um, as soon as I got to the sticks, I said, okay, I should probably start heading toward the sideline. So this stays at the top 10, not a not top 10 moment um, because I, you don't want to be the punter that gets flattened.
2: Right, um, right. This
4: is a behind the scene type deal, though. Um, when I got to the sideline, the president State sideline, I accidentally stepped on their special team coordinator's foot. And, you know, that hurts to get stepped on with a cleat. So I think that has to be a terrible moment for the other team's special teams coordinator to get a fake punt, ran on him, and then get stepped on. But <laughs> I, it was, it was, I, was, I was all for it.
0: <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Quentin Conner, we, we truly appreciate your time, man. It's been a pleasure uh, watching you in your career. And uh, we hope that there's more football in your future, buddy. Thanks very much.
4: Hope so, too. See you guys. See you, you later. Stay safe.
0: You know, Chris, you I mean, talk about a, a magnetizing personality when it comes to this football team, and special teams guys, Chris, always seem to have. There's somebody on on that, whether it's a kicker or it's a long snapper or somebody. There's always somebody that has that. I don't want to say quirky personality because Quinton's a great, great young man, but there always seems to be somebody like that on special teams.
2: Yeah, and you don't usually see a punter become. You can maybe the leader of the team, a captain, as Quinton became at the end. Uh, of the you know last season I mean he was just a guy who was very magnetic very charismatic he made being on special teams fun obviously you mentioned the van and they had the seating chart for the van so everybody was involved whether you were you know the star kicker Brandon Fulton or you were the third string long snapper you were equally thought of in that special teams room and uh, you know I think beyond just what Quinton was able to provide as a punter which was uh, you know really really good punting the last few years they're going to miss him Uh, as much as a leader and as a guy who kind of galvanizes not only his meeting room with special teams guys, but, uh, you know, outside of his meeting room. So, you know, usually you don't have a punter who's going to be remembered 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Uh, But with uh, with with Quinton, I I do think Wolfpack fans are going to remember him for a long, long time. And if we do get a zombie apocalypse, if things don't turn out that well with the coronavirus, he does have his uh, van, which has made it through a lot of things already. So I'm sure he could uh, pack up the van and drive far away and, and, and be as safe as possible.
0: Yep, he still lives here in Reno. I've seen the van driving around. We we're, <laughs> we're, we were getting on the freeway a couple of weeks ago and I, I saw the van with all the stickers on the back of it. It is the barbecue stickers. sauce colored <laughs> and has stickers all over that back door. But uh, yeah, always, always fun to catch up with Quentin Conaway. We'll have more coming up here on NSN Daily, right after this.
5: Welcome back to Nevada Sportsnet alongside Shannon Kelly. I'm Julian Delgado. We're continuing our deep dive into NIAA fall football. You know, some great players on both offensive and defensive side. Mm-hmm. But it's time we talk about Coach of the Year. First-year head coach Rob Hummel took over for Eric Borja. Team won nine games the previous season. He took it over, and uh, they were very successful this year. 8-4 and four overall, 4-0 four mm-hmm. in league. Coach Hummel joining us now from inside of his home because where else would you be at this time uh coach you've had a couple of months to sit on the season and I know that uh, you're also the track coach but just your experience as a football coach for the Cougars I mean how how amazing was that in your first year
6: well it was a lot of fun um you know the we had a really good group of of seniors really talented kids kids that were bought in um you know I've been varsity contributors for a few years most of them and you know, it, it wasn't a, a difficult transition at all, um, having been there. And, you know, we changed some things, obviously, did some things a little differently on both sides of the ball schematically. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was a lot of fun. And the guys the guys responded well. And, uh, unfortunately, we didn't, you know, achieve all the goals that we had wanted for the season, fell a little bit short. Uh, but, you know, the guys that are returning, they're hungry for next year.
4: And then just talk about some of the – core pieces to your team last season. I know wide receiver wise with your son, Trey Hummel and also Mason Bebo, and then defensively Jackson LaDuke. How key were some of these pieces to this puzzle and going forward this year going to be without them?
6: Well, you know, they left some big shoes to fill. That's for sure. Uh, You know, all three of those guys that you mentioned were key contributors and, and um, you know, all, all three of them were key contributors on both sides of the football. Um, you know and, you, and you, it's hard to replace guys like that but we've got a lot of young underclassmen that we feel are are ready to step up and, and jump into those roles and are excited to. they've been working hard so far this off season and you know they're talented kids as well and and we like the scheme that we have on both sides of the ball and you know one of my philosophies is trying to find you know the, the best place for kids to be successful and you know trying to fit kids into a into a spot where they can do that so um You know, we've been working, and and the kids are excited.
5: You know, looking back at your season, I was looking on max prep. So you guys lost the first three games in a row. September hits. You rattle off eight wins in a row. You guys are coming into the playoffs hot. You were the team with the target on your back. I guess, what did you learn most from that playoff experience? I know you guys lost to Minogue. It was 49-42. But that was, man, that was arguably game of the year. I've not seen a better high school football game than what was played that night. Yeah,
6: um, you know, we, like I said earlier on the segment, we we challenged ourselves at the beginning of the year, and, and we felt like we could have been, you know, two and one instead of zero and three to start out. But we lost some of those close games, and I felt like, you know, that benefited us going into the season later on because we we won some close games that we might not have won having we you know weren't in those situations to start out the year. So we challenged ourselves again this year. We got a really tough non-conference schedule. Um, you know, and playoff-wise last year, you know, we fell a little bit short. I mean, that was a great football game. We, we dug a hole early in and, and battle. There's no quitting our guys. And, you know, we fought all the way back, had a chance to win the game at the end. Uh, you know, a little over a minute left had the ball and, you know, just fell a little bit short. And, you know, credit for Bishop Manoa. That's a really good program over there as well. Um, but we're excited. Uh, you know, they've changed some things with the lead now. And, you know, there's no more High Desert and Sierra. It's, it's just one league so that... The dynamic's a little bit different. There's no more league champion. You have to win the region. and you know, So we're ready for it.
4: Yeah, can you talk about that a little bit? How do you think that might add a little more competition and it's going to change up some things that you're going to see schools who maybe you would see in the preseason and that was it, but now you're all in one league together?
6: Yeah, for sure. So the way it's set up, we, we have nine teams in one league and uh, you know, we're all required to play six of those teams. Uh, as a, as conference games, and then we tried to schedule a few teams non-conference. We will play Reno was not on our schedule, but we do get to play them non-conference. Um, so the only team that we don't face from the north this year is Galena, uh, which is different uh, from past seasons where, like you said, there's maybe two or three teams that we wouldn't see until the playoffs, or or if we schedule them early in the year. So that's changing things a little bit. Um, just the the rivals and the The home and away stuff is a little bit different. So uh, some teams that we, you know, maybe played at home last year, we'll play them at home again this year, just the way the schedule fell. And some teams that we were on the road to play last year, we'll play them on the road again this year. Just, again, the way things kind of shook out when that all got settled. So this is how it's going to be for the next two years, and then they're going to reevaluate again. So we're ready to adjust.
5: Coach Hummel, thanks again for your time. We really appreciate you spending the afternoon with us and talking football. I know that uh, track is still probably more on your mind than this upcoming football season, but uh, great to have you and stay safe out there.
6: Appreciate it, guys. Thank yes, you, guys Coach.
5: Thanks again. We're going to be back with much more diving into the 3A and uh, talking about Elijah Jackson. What a year that kid had out at Churchill County High School. That and more just after the break.
0: It is Friday, and that means it's time for our Dollar Loan Center money play of the week. Sometimes it's something great in the community. Sometimes it's a catch that robs somebody of a home run. This time it's athletics kind of merging over with what's going on just in our world right now. I mean, so many people are, are being quarantined at home, and, and it's, it's t- and people aren't on vacation. People are just trying to get through their days. So a pair of New York Mets reached out to a longtime super fan this week who needed some cheering up. This is 82-year-old Kathleen Seelig, who was recently diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. And that's first baseman Pete Alonzo giving her a personal message saying, hang in there, you're going to be all right, and we love you, and thanks for the support. Uh, Luis Rojas, the manager of the Mets, also reached out to Kathleen. Um, granddaughter of Kathleen said that she's been a huge fan since the 60s and was more devastated in the team's season being suspended by the, than by the coronavirus itself than her own cancer. She said that it was losing the season was bigger than her own cancer. Guys, this just shows how one little moment, one little effort that takes nothing, one little gesture can mean so much, Alex, to somebody.
1: Well, and I think in, in this current climate, I think the more that people can do stuff like this, it's awesome. It's, it's good to see the heartwarming stories, because all you're reading about is a lot of the negative stuff that's happening and how people are struggling. And so, you know, to see people taking their time to help other people is great. And, and this is what we have to do. So what we have to do as a society is look out for one another, try and find ways to brighten somebody else's day and, and make sure those are around you are OK. And, and that's how we're all going to
2: kind of try and pull through this together.
0: Chris, do you want me to see if I can reach out to Dave Roberts and Cody Bellinger and see if they'll they'll message you?
2: I mean I might be rooting for the Mets if we do have an MLB season at this point so they can get her a championship uh you know I'm sure she's waited a long long time for that we also saw that the A's owner reached out to an A's fan who announced that he had coronavirus and said uh you know uh, we want you to get healthy and we want you to throw out the first pitch in the season opener when you are healthy so you are seeing a lot of good humanity uh in some of these more desperate uh dispiriting times we are seeing a lot of Uh, you know good things happening from good people so we do have to keep that in mind that uh, you know this does bring out the best in a lot of people I mean some people aren't adhering to some of these policies and that's disappointing but the majority of people are the majority of people are trying to brighten other people's day and they are trying to do uh, good things for people who have uh, a disease whether it is the coronavirus or in this case a cancer uh, issue. So uh, let's go Mets if we do have a baseball season.
0: All right. That's our Dollar Loan Center money play of the week every single Friday. Coming up here on NSN Daily, we have had some great guests on this show, but this next one might be the best one we've ever had. We're going to introduce you to him after the break. <laughs> Wrapping things up on NSN Daily. I've told you we've had some great guests on this show before, <laughs> but maybe none <laughs> as popular as this one. How about Bubba Margulies, the, the one who actually runs the house out there at uh, Alex and Sonny's house. He's looking good, buddy.
1: Yeah, Bubba's the big winner of coronavirus. He's getting a lot of extra attention, <laughs> a lot of rubs. He's got somebody to hang out with him all day. So he is, uh, he is plenty good with quarantining. He likes to snuggle. He likes to go for walks. You know, he's, he's, he's about all
0: of it. All right. How about equal time, Chris and Ripley, <laughs> the St. Bernard, Ripley Murray. Guys, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the time with your loved ones, everybody, and we'll see you next time.